Welcome to Vermontitude. New episodes drop every Tuesday and can be found by going to vermontitude.com, reformer.com, and BCTV. We come to you from our studios at the Innovation Box on Flat Street. I'm Peter Fish Case, and each week I cover the topics that are of concern to Wyndham County and the towns that reside within its borders. Today we are joined by Executive Director of Groundworks Collaborative, Josh Davis, Peter Elwell, the Interim Deputy Executive Director. Welcome. Thanks. All right. Good to be here. Yeah? Yeah. Okay, we're going to unpack a lot today, I think. So There's a lot going on. There is a lot going on. So uh, our, our main focus uh, today is to discuss the housing um, th- that's going to end, the hotel program that's going to end. Yeah. So, some, so, Josh, sum it up for us real quick. What? So w- this, is, this is COVID left over, yep. right? Yep. And now it's coming to an end. Now it's coming to an end. Yeah, and before we get into it, you know, I missed the last uh, episode. Uh, Peter, you were on uh, a few weeks ago. And so I just want to say uh, deep gratitude, uh, both to Peter, but also to the community. You know, we're coming out of the pause, yeah. and we experienced just an unspeakable tragedy at Groundworks. And I feel compelled to uh, just give love to so many community partners that supported Groundworks and the community at large that has supported Groundworks um, so passionately over the last few weeks. And so it just feels like I need to start there because I really haven't been out in public or spoken in public right. since uh, the tragedy. Yeah, no, and and, and and I appreciate that. And um, and the work, and, and I've always said this, as a former board member, um, knowing firsthand the work that you do, the people that you serve, how you serve them, how um, um, with dignity, I yeah. think is the big word. You Basic know, that, needs that, that we have, yep. Um, so yeah, I mean, everybody stepped up. Everybody stepped up, and so, and so here we are. And right. so what what we see now is, you know, something brilliant that happened in Vermont during the pandemic is the decision to open up the motels for anybody that was unsheltered. And so for the last three years, we effectively have put a pause on on homelessness. Folks have been right. in motels, have had shelter, have had a- access to that. And we're seeing the end of that coming swiftly and coming without much support on the other side. And the way that the uh, program is going to unwind is that we have a group of folks that will come out of the motels on June 1st, Mm -hmm. which from when we're talking, it's just a couple days away. And then we're going to have another set of folks that are going to come out on July 1. This is still uh, unfolding even as we speak. A lot of these decisions are based on the budget that was just recently passed and over the weekend it was vetoed by the governor. Uh, We're seeing the potential that folks in the motels uh, that are scheduled to come out on July 1 can be extended for another 24 to 84 days depending on their situation. Um, But as of right now, the group of folks that are set to come out on Thursday are still scheduled to come out. Okay. you also, before we got out, um, the folks that own the Quality Inn yep. are, are, are doing like above and beyond a solid, at least just trying to, because we discussed this. This is, this is like a series of Band-Aids For uh, sure. that you have to do to, to, to get to a point where you can solve this problem. But t- tell us a little bit about what, what that person is doing. Yeah, Anil from the Quality Inn reached out late last week. Also, Brenda Siegel's been involved in working with them and uh, the folks that own the Quality Inn group. And I think there's six uh, hotels throughout the state of Vermont. Uh, They're offering to extend people's stay for up to two weeks Mm -hmm. at no additional cost. The folks that were scheduled to be out on June 1st. Right. 
Effectively, what that means for uh, us locally is that we have between 70 and 80 people that are scheduled to come out on June 1, which is a tremendous number of people. Right. It's a large number of people. And so for the folks staying in the quality end, being able to stay in a couple of weeks will help to ease the pressure on the day of. We can focus our resources on the other 30 folks that will be losing their housing and then hopefully find some sort of solution that is better than camping in the community or sleeping on the sidewalk right. over the course of those two weeks. We do believe in miracles. Right. We are ever optimistic and well, hopeful. You're kind of you're in the business of miracles. Kind of in the business, yeah. Creating them. <laughs> That's what we try to do <laughs> yeah. every day. Um, and then uh, it gives us a couple weeks before folks from the Quality Inn come out of the motel, which then a couple weeks before the next round of folks come out on July 1. Yeah. So... Scary times. We talked about um, tents, yeah, and and where to put these tents. And um, I remember when from my time on the board of going out and getting tents, and then thinking it was a good thing, and then the gravity of you're handing somebody a piece of nylon for them to house themselves. This was in December. This is in the summer. A little bit easier, not much. But where do these people go? Still incredibly painful to look somebody in the eye and say, the only thing that I have to provide for you today is a tent and a sleeping bag. Right. This is very much in keeping with what we've done in the past. You know, pre-pandemic, we had an emergency overflow shelter that ran seasonally. And right. so that would close at the end of March. I remember. And April in uh, Vermont is not necessarily a pleasant time to be outside. So sometimes we would hold even a couple weeks uh, closing down the shelter if it's uh, exceptionally wet. But we've passed out tents in years past. We're doing the same thing uh, coming up this week. We just ordered scores of tents that were delivered yesterday. So we're mobilizing and preparing as best we can. And it feels pretty horrible that this is the best thing that we have to offer folks. Yeah. No, well, I mean, it, it, it is. It is horrible. It, it is also probably... You know, when when you're on, uh, having your worst moment ever, any any sign of kindness or something is is better than nothing, I suppose. Um, even though, as you said, this is this is this is tough. Let's talk about who's responsible for all this. Where does where does the buck stop? I know it's a big question. It's a big question. It's a huge question. Yeah. You know, there's an organizing committee that Peter can speak to, the community housing uh, strategy team that Peter's been a part of with the town. I think one of the things that was really highlighted by the pause, uh, I hope, is that the work that we do at Groundworks is we are not solely responsible for everybody experiencing homelessness in the community. And so leaning on community partners and how community partners stepped up was amazing. And we're, we're seeing that again with this response team that this is not just a Groundworks issue. This is a Brattleboro issue. This is yeah. a Vermont issue. This is a U.S. issue. Really, across the United right. States, we're seeing um, numbers of homeless just uh, continue to go up. So who's ultimately responsible for this? You know, it's society. Yeah. All of us. So, yeah, all of us um, going forward um, in the way that uh, Josh was describing where um, community by community you know, the, the folks who are providing services on the ground in those communities need to be collaborating more and more effectively than ever. Um, and here in Brattleboro, we are working at that. You know, right. We're, we're, we're um, in various ways trying to support each other in the work that each of us does a little differently from each other out in the community, supporting um, people who are in really vulnerable situations like this. Um, but broader than that, it's, um, it's not just about 
organizations and service providers and governmental agencies. It's um, it, our, our society and our structures, and Josh speaks to this really eloquently all the time when we talk about the underlying causes of homelessness and um, the, the related challenges that individuals face when they're experiencing homelessness and then how that impacts communities, um, especially when there are people in these large numbers who are experiencing homelessness. So again, to put the magnitude of this in perspective compared to any other um, end of a winter season when um, the, the seasonal overflow shelter would um, have to close right. in past years, yep, yep. we knew there would be some folks coming out to camp. You know, there were, you know, maybe in those days, two or three dozen people mm-hmm. that we were talking about. Here, um, it's it's that much in the June 1st wave if we get the June 15th right. piece, right? Yeah. And then that much again on June 15th. And then more than that, again, in July, over 100 are the number of individual humans that will be turned out of their motels in July and have no place to go. And so um, the, the scale of this and... The shelter at 54 South Main Street that Groundworks operates is full. Right. Right. It will be full every night, all summer long. Remind us how many beds are in there. So there's 26 beds right now um, operating, coming out of the pause. We hope to, again, increase to 34 beds. There's some operational reasons why at this point we're at 26. Um, But even if we were at 34, um, that would be eight additional beds. That would be good. Um, We're talking about 200 people over the next two months. Yeah, are going to find themselves without a place to stay in Broadway. So an even bigger question uh, is, um, where do you house people when there are no houses? You know, this <laughs> this is another this is a, another thing. So the, the the ending of this hotel program. I mean, how does that get refunded? How does that how does that get extended? Is there a way to do that at this point? Are we just the current motel program? Yeah, you know the. The way in which this was funded uh, throughout the pandemic was with federal dollars. Right. And the pressure on the state budget, what we're hearing is that it is not sustainable. Mm -hmm. And so, and it's all money out. So it's not investment into housing that then could be more than just a Band-Aid. Right. And that's ultimately what we would advocate for. And really, in early days talking about the emergency motel program, there was a call for investment right alongside of that. This was three years ago of, okay, we can do this motel program. It's going to unwind someday. We know this is not going to go on forever. Right. We need to invest in housing now. Getting new housing online is a months, if not years, process. And so the fact that we have folks coming out on Thursday, we need 30 units of housing by Thursday. How does that happen? We could do some sort of congregate shelter as a community which raises questions about capacity, capacity of organizations like Groundworks that are, we're really feeling it. You know, we're coming out of this tragedy and we're doing our best to open our doors as quickly as we can, but it's a real struggle. And so to think about opening up some sort of larger congregate shelter, invariably for years, what I get is, well, what about the Home Depot? You know, yeah. there's that huge space. What about the Home Depot? What about the Home Depot? Uh, it's easy. Yeah, you just open up the doors and like, and, and it kind of takes care of itself. Yeah. No, no, not even close. So mobilizing to that scale is not something that organizations like Groundworks or other community organizations are set up for. We're really talking National Guard, American Red Cross that yeah. come in at the end of some sort of catastrophic event, Irene, yeah, and set up you know emergency housing. So um, I I think at at this point what I want to do is I want to say like we had this conversation before we got in to kind of set up the interview and we talked about how to solve this. 
um, and and how big the problem gets and how conflated it gets and how we went from how to house people to how our police are perceiving these people, how all of these things just kind of get linked in and dumped into the same pot, making it impossible mm-hmm. to focus on the solution of, okay, that's nice. We have, in the next few weeks, 35 people that we have to deal with. Then two weeks after that, another 35 people to deal with. These are not people that you can just hand a tent and say, good luck. Which is the plan right now. That's the for plan. better or for worse. That's, that's all you that's got. That's what we got right that's now. That's all we got. That's all we got. Yeah, and so we were saying before we got on, before we hit record, is that what we're seeing, like I think the comment was, you've heard, what, why, don't, why don't they just get a job? I drive past Hannaford's, there's a huge sign that says hiring. Right. And there's somebody out front that's asking for money. Like, just makes sense. Walk in the door, get a job. Mm-hmm. And we were talking about, what we're seeing with the motels being a great example of systems that are broken. Yeah. And we also raised the point about somebody that gets cancer and loses their life savings if they have the life savings at all. Broken systems, mental health system broken, substance support, substance use support system broken. Right. So we just have all of these broken systems that align on the situation that we're in right now with folks coming out of housing. Right. Income inequality. Income inequality is huge. Increasing numbers, vast numbers. The majority of people in our society are this close to having right. some personal crisis cause them to become, you know, part of the data of people experiencing homelessness. When when I left my parental home, the metric was one one and a half weeks worth of wages should cover your rent. So we're no longer there. I mean, I, I'm I'm going back a thousand years, but. <laughs> um, we're no longer there. So three to three and a half weeks covers your rent. And, and, and even if you were um, able to able-bodied to work and you're working at 15 to $20 an hour, it's still a challenge to Absolutely. Li- link that stuff together. We've seen wage stagnation over years where in the cost of living continues to rise. Yeah. Also, profits continue to rise. So it's yeah. not like there's not money out there. Yeah. It's about getting the money in the hands of people that are at the bottom of the food chain, so to speak. And so people will say, well, I work hard. I'm able to pay my rent. Like, what's wrong with these people? When a system is broken, it doesn't mean that it doesn't work for um, right. some people. Mm-hmm. It does work for some people. Yeah. It just doesn't work for everybody. And for the folks that it doesn't work for, we have to come up with implements and supports to help augment the system so that people are able to survive. Right. And I've always, I've said this, I said this before we rolled, that there is not one person out there that's experiencing food insecurity, housing insecurity, as a child who said, you know, I, uh, when I grow up, I want to be homeless, and I wonder, I want to wonder where my next meal is going to come from and, and how I will civilly use a bathroom. I don't think a single person has done that. These are the problems that we're dealing with. Um, I'll also say that it, my own personal experience is I wouldn't be sitting here today without just an immense amount of support. Yeah. The last year of my life personally, mm-hmm. but also the last two months professionally, we've had to lean on so many people to help support get us through an incredibly tough time. Not having that support, I would not be sitting here today. And so when we're talking about best we can do is tense, it just... The parallel there, it hurts. Yeah, absolutely. Yep, I get it. And so bringing it 
back down to like what's happening this week in Brattleboro. Yeah. Um, we, we need the community to come together. We, we have agencies in the community that are coming together that are at least keeping each other well informed about which actions each of us is taking so that, that the actions we each take can be in the context of a greater effort. Um, appealing to the broader community because the root causes of this are systemic, because many of those are beyond our control here in Brattleboro. They're statewide systemic problems and national systemic problems. Um, None of that can prevent what we're all about to experience as a community and what, you know, beginning on Thursday, it'll be more than 30. And over the course of the next couple of months, up to 200 individual people um, feeling this, experiencing this hardship. Um, as a broader community, we need to come together in various different ways to be understanding and compassionate and supportive of people and the broader community through this collaborative effort. It can't right. be a thing where it's Groundworks problem or it's somebody else's problem and just make it go away. Um, that's not an option for us as a community. It no, because the, the, the one thing that we're not talking about here, the one thing that we're not talking about is that these 70 people come out and then that's just the end of it. It's not. Not at all. Not, <laughs> if anything, it's the start. Right. Exactly. So, well, guys... Always bringing the sunshine for you, Pete. Uh, you know, I mean, it's a, it's, it's, it. Yeah, I don't mean to be glib. No, I think really, and that's one that's of the my things job. is yeah. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> I don't mean to step on your toes, <laughs> um, but really sitting in it, and it's one of the things to really look at it and not want to push it out of the way. I think that's a, something that we in this society and this culture have a hard thing of doing is sitting in the really difficult stuff and grappling with it, right. because it's really complex, as we were talking about right before this show. You know, there's threads that go into all different areas. Oh, it goes everywhere. I mean, it really does. So, and not to get disheartened by that and just want to push it off the street, but yeah. really trying to come up with some solutions, however Band-Aid they might be in the moment as we're building so towards something more sustainable. Band-Aids are good at stopping the bleeding. Then we got to heal. Then we got to heal. Guys, thanks for jumping on. Thank you. Thanks for having us. Thanks.